Are you ready to talk Padres baseball? We've got you covered. Today, the Padres get ready to play their last game in the nation's capital before getting ready to cross the border into Toronto. Here in studio, we've got Mike Janella, who, even with the early game, has his priorities straight. I, I overslept a little bit. Didn't I, have time. I, I needed time to get my makeup on, so I chose the makeup over the donuts. Today's also the last day of Comic-Con here in San Diego, something our other host, Bill Center, couldn't really care less about. It's too yuppie for me. I mean, I'd see even too, too yuppie. Not even yuppie. It's millennial or whatever you guys call yourselves now. And rounding up the crew, it's Ben Higgins, who believes that the only thing Comic-Con does is distract people from the things that are truly important. Oh, it's starting to get busy out there. I guess that's why no one's brought me a... Uh, tall cold one now coming to you from the amr studio inside the western metal supply company building it's padre social hour with your hosts mike janella bill center and ben higgins happy sunday well ben it's, it's five o'clock somewhere i think in dublin if you're already looking for a cold one at nine in the morning here at the amr studio you know it's amazing how often i don't even remember saying the things that <laughs> right up that, that wind up on the show right? <laughs> yeah most is that what is that what you were counting there right before we went on the air? I was, I, was, I was in the air doing the time zones. Okay. Eight hours from now. Where, was, where is it? Five o'clock. I, I was trying to figure out head. what uh, what you were doing. Yeah, there. the wheels are always turning up <laughs> yeah. here, Bill. Uh, yeah. uh, how's it going? Good morning, and welcome to Padre Social Hour with Ben Higgins, Bill Center, Mike Janella here with you. We've got Maddie and Blooper here as well in the the otherwise deserted Padres team store because it is early. But it has not stopped the people. Ben, you tweeted this just moments ago. They are lining up outside to get in. It's crazy. I mean, they're on the wrong not, side of the street. But not to get in here. Oh, it's not, they're not here for us? I don't think so, right. no. <laughs> it is the last day of Comic-Con. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that, of course. We have some special guests that are on their way, assuming we can get them into this uh, impenetrable fortress known as Petco Park before the team stores open. Uh, Ashley Eckstein, you may be familiar with her husband, David, who played here a couple seasons. She now is just a Comic-Con darling. Uh, her line, her universe has taken off. They had a fashion show here the other night for the fourth or fifth year in a row, I think. Um, she was all over for this Lego dress that she wore. I don't know if you guys saw that. It was a dress made of 10,000 Lego bricks that she wore that at the right? fashion show. Yeah. So uh, they're going to be here. We're going to talk to them about uh, Comic-Con, uh, David's retirement life, all that kind of fun stuff. So stick around for that. There's also the great Chris Sale story from yesterday. No way we can't spend some time on that. Oh, uh, I mean, one of the that, great that baseball stories of all time. That it was, was nice. It was so great. Also, it's Hall of Fame Day out in Cooperstown. Ken Griffey Jr., Mike Piazza getting inducted. We'll definitely spend some time talking about the two of those guys. Anything you'd like to jump in on as well, make sure to use hashtag PadresSH. Just let us know you're watching and up early. I know it's uh, Sunday mornings can be tough, so just say hi. We're looking forward to hearing from you. There's also the chat happening live at Padres.com slash social hour. Um, you guys, you ready to go? You're roaring on this Sunday morning? Yes. I'm feeling good. I, you awesome. Know, tough loss yesterday, but feeling Feeling like the Padres Rubber can take, take the series and the season series all on the line today. Right. Yes, uh, playing four here and three there, so that's good. No season split, no. so it all comes down to this one. It's going to be Christian Friedrich against the phenom Lucas Giolito uh, for the Nationals, uh, and that first pitch uh, coming your way in just a little bit. But uh, let's talk about yesterday. So, unfortunately, I think this is going to be the new reality for the Padres as they continue potentially trading pieces off, is that Andy Green's going to have these guys fighting. Uh, you know, games will be close. I don't think they'll be getting blown out too much, but you will suffer your fair share of 
walk-offs, second time in a couple days, uh, one-run losses, tight games, and unfortunately, I think then the talent will not be measuring up, and you'll play hard, but you know, you'll lose, and it's still a loss. Uh, anything they could have done differently yesterday to maybe swing that game? I know some managerial decisions in that top of the ninth. When you get a leadoff man at second base, some people were thinking maybe you bunt him over, don't let Solarte swing away. Anything you see yesterday it's that could have swung it? Well, I, in the top of the ninth, I, I saw those tweets last night. One, Solarte is not a great bunner. Two, Kemp does not have great speed. I think either <laughs> they might have had a play at third no matter what. I mean, Solarte hit the ball right. on a line. Right. I mean, right. he rocketed. It was right, right at the center fielder. Unfortunately, right. that could easily got over his head, scored the run, and you've got a runner at second base then, you know, to add but, on to the lead. But Solarte bunting there. I'm not bunting with my cleanup hitter, particularly when he's not a great bunter and the guy on second does not have great speed. You're just bunting into an out at third. Yeah, the one thing that the Padres didn't do yesterday, and I, I was kind of worried about it, when you're going up against Max Scherzer, you don't get a lot of productive outs in a game like that. He struck out 10. I think the Padres struck out 13 total. So, you know, they scored the way you have to score. Brian Schimpf hit one, you know, a mile, and they got their two runs. But other than that, they weren't able to move runners over, weren't able to get a lot of runners on base, and that right. makes it very hard to score runs. You basically need to win a two-to-one game. And while Edwin Jackson – you know, for the second straight time, I performed very admirably. You know, the Nationals were able to tie it up, and it was just too hard for the Padres to get that. They just didn't get the big hit when they needed one. I mean, outside of right outside of Moro, Amauer, and uh, and Bookter right now, I really don't have much confidence in this bullpen. I really don't. So that being said, wouldn't you have wanted to maybe push the envelope, even if Solarte is not a great bunter or Kemp's not speedy, to not have to worry about maybe pitching multiple innings after that top of the ninth? Just go for that one run? I think you need more than one run right there. Really? Yes. Well, f you know, think about it. Had they scored the one run, right. they still would have given up the run in the ninth. They would be well, three, yeah, three. But no, well, well, they would have had an hour in. You would have had an hour in. Right. But, yeah. but, uh, but I, go for, I, I go for more than – I, I don't bunt there because I don't think they can execute the bunt. I don't think Solarte can get a good bunt down. And Kemp going to third is – he's slow. You rarely and see a cleanup right. hitter bunting. Right. In you don't in see a cleanup hitter bunting. And he's not a, he's not a great bunter to begin with. And, and you're just bunting into an out at third, quite honestly. Yeah, you would have thought Andy Green, of all people, maybe have been open to thinking outside the box there, but obviously right. he went with the more traditional route. Right. Now, if you've got Jankowski at second and Myers up, you know, with the way that Myers right now is a little bit, yeah, but with that matchup, with Kemp on second and Solarte at the plate, I'm not bunting. All right. And Andy Green didn't, and it ended up with a loss because right. they gave up that run uh, right away in the next bottom half of the inning. Uh, you mentioned Will Myers, and your, your voice kind of trailed off there because his performance has trailed off uh, a little bit lately. He's now 4 for 29 since the All-Star break, right. and uh, everyone is, is uh, quick to point out, to, oh, the home run derby ruined his swing, but I think he, he just had so much going on that week. Do you think his ambassador duties over All-Star week kind of sapped him of a chance to recharge, or is this just a, a regular slump that he – that he'd be in no matter what. I think this is a slump, but let's face it, he was he was more active over the All-Star break than even most players attending the All-Star game were. So Oh, easily. Right. Yeah. I mean, he did everything. He was at he was at FanFest. He he I mean, he did everything. Home run derby. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a little bit tired, but Right now, I mean, his swing does look off. He's striking. I, I, he's striking out when he does. But I don't buy the the implication that the home run derby had anything to do with it. It was four minutes. 
He didn't even swing that many times. His derby was a short one. His brother couldn't even (laughs) throw the ball over the plate. There's no way that that's why Will Myers is slumping. I do think he did a lot over the All-Star break, didn't get the break other players did. But let's not forget, Will Myers was kind of slumping going into the All-Star break as well. He didn't have his best week, week and a half going into the All-Star break. So he was already, you know, not swinging. I'm sure he's going to pull out of it at some point. But I'm not blaming it on the home run derby. I'm not really blaming it on... The activity – Will Myers has so much energy. I mean, you know that. Right, but there are times where the all, where I've seen it. I have actually seen it where the home run derby guys' swings do change, and it takes them a while to get back in sync. But, I mean, to that point, yeah, his home run derby was only no. four minutes long. Maybe it's the plunking from his brother is having an <laughs> adverse effect on his <laughs> yeah. swing or something. Maybe it's, it's really messing up uh, his body there. Uh, no, I mean, Will – and we saw this. He, he started the season hot, and then he went into that slump. Right. He had the unbelievable June, uh, unbelievable only until we actually saw him do it, and then a little bit of a tail off into the All-Star week. But, I mean, he was. It was, it was everything. He really – he took that ambassador role to heart. And for a guy who is that high energy, I think you do need a little bit of a breather once in a while. And Generally he hasn't had that. When you see guys strike out inordinately like he is right now, he's striking out more than he normally does, that means his mechanics are off a little bit. And, you know, I haven't looked at his stride that much, but I'm sure they've looked at it that it's probably something that they believe is fixable and they're going to let him run right I, through Unless it. you're uh, Tony Gwynn you're going to go through a couple of slumps over a course of a baseball season, no matter who you are. Look at Bryce Harper. He's the reigning National League MVP. He's got something off with his swing right now. It, you know, it was pointed out a couple of times on the broadcast, TV, and radio yesterday. Uh, they worked around Daniel Murphy to put two on for Bryce Harper, the MVP, because they know he's just not swinging well. Right. And, uh, you know, they struck him out because he's got a bit of a hole in his swing right now. Uh, swinging for the fences, whatever it is, the Nationals need to diagnose that, just like the Padres just kind of need to get in the cage and diagnose it with Will Myers. Uh, one guy who does not need any help, uh, Ryan Schimpf, another home run yesterday. You mentioned it earlier, Ben, that one that he tattooed off of Scherzer. Uh, and that leads Major League Baseball, not just for rookies now, just all of the bigs in home runs. Uh, and it sparked some conversation, and we talked about it on the show a couple days ago when you were here, Bill, about what does this do to Corey Spangenberg's place on this roster if Spangy comes back healthy, is it Schimpf's job to lose? Looking to next year already, who goes in as the prohibitive second baseman in spring training? You on Twitter yesterday, Bill, put a new horse in the race. Right. But this is now all of a sudden Schimpf is making this uh, position a very debatable one on this roster. Uh, it's too soon. It's okay. too soon. Uh, there's just not enough at-bats yet. Uh, I mean, this is – I like Ryan Schiff. I love what he's doing, but it's awfully soon – to anoint him the second baseman of the future. He spent seven years in the minor leagues where he didn't have great production. He's had great production this year. The question is, does it continue? Now, some players do figure it out. It takes that long, and, you know, they figure it out, and after that they become different players. And maybe Ryan Schimpf is there, but there's been a lot of other players as well who just – Hurricane Hazel. They just have a great couple of months, and – you know, they go back to then being the player that they were before. So, you know, the Padres need to be careful before anointing anyone, and they don't have to. I mean, that's the beauty. They're, they're all young, controllable players. They don't have to anoint anyone. They can go to spring training, make it an open job, uh, see who is performing the best, and, and then make their decision then. 57, the Braves brought up a guy named Hurricane Hazel because they had a – Great had name. A, right. Injury in the outfield. The guy hit 413. Great average. Through the, through the end of the season – Next spring, he was out of the major leagues like 
in, in 60 days after the start of the season. A, a good precedent, but things do change. 1957, it's a long time ago. Right. Things are a little but, bit different. Yeah, but still. But the guy you said yesterday, don't forget about Aswahe down right. in right. the minors who may come up and, Absolutely. and make this an issue. I'm going to call him Hurricane Schimpf. In, you know, for okay. now on. All right. Maybe tsunami <laughs> shift. Keep the, <laughs> right, yes. the alliteration right. uh, in check. Uh, we were asking if anybody's up and watching us. Uh, Ron Hootman tweeting in, good morning, I'm up. Hashtag Padres SH. Well, good morning, Ron. Thanks for joining us. Uh, anyone else who's watching, by the way, it's the last day of our contest, a contest which has sputtered a bit, so we're looking for a big last day charge. So remember they gave away this Hall of Fame coffee table book here, the Padres, uh, a few weeks ago. Well, Randy Jones himself has autographed this copy. We saw it here the other day with his 1976 NL Cy Young uh, inscription. All we've been asking is for people to tweet us their best costumes uh, all weekend long using hashtag PadresSH. This was Blooper's idea. I thought it's a great contest. So far in four days, we've gotten one entry. So he's the winner right now. So all you got to do is tweet in, and you already have a 50% chance of winning this thing. Uh, so send us a picture of you in your best Comic-Con-like costume. We'll be running that through the end of the show today. All right, well, I uh, just saw them walk in. So Ashley Eckstein, David Eckstein are here. They're looking awesome. And is that a Wonder Woman jumper you got on? Captain Marvel. I saw the red, white, and blue and the yellow, and I, I immediately went to the wrong way. But they're going to be coming on and talking Comic-Con and some baseball. It's going to be fun. So we've got a fun rest of the episode. Do not go far. Hey, guys, the next baseball night in San Diego is Saturday, July 30th, when the Padres face the Reds at 540. All fans in attendance will receive a pair of SD earbuds presented by United Airlines. Get tickets at Padres.com. We're back to talk some Comic-Con, some baseball, and lots more. Don't go far. This is your Sunday morning edition of Padres Social Hour. We're not going anywhere, so you shouldn't either. We'll be back with more Padres talk right after this. Coming to you from the AMR studio, this is Padres Social Hour. Before every game, get your Padres talk on with us. This is Padres Social Hour. We're here in the AMR studios. Good morning and thanks for joining us. Getting you set for Padres and Nationals Game 3, the rubber <laughs> match out in D.C., it's been Comic-Con here all week, and obviously we've been talking baseball, so now I am ex super excited to have these guests. And you guys, you can relax. You can, you know, <laughs> chill back. You don't have to go on okay. edge here. This all is how right. we're chilling. Uh, it's the X-Signs. It's Ashley, who's been crushing Comic-Con now for like oh. three years running. David, who you might be familiar with, who used to call this place home here on the field. And, uh, and now you guys are here. I'm sure it's been a crazy week. Thank you, first of all, for taking the time uh, and here early in the morning. Not a problem. Thanks for having oh, us. Oh, it's a pleasure. I mean, you guys must be, you must be just like all over the place this week. <laughs> I mean, how, how's the itinerary been? She's been slammed. It We've been everywhere. Yeah, it's been a little crazy. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a blast. I, um, this has been kind of my world. I've been immersed in mm. this world since... Really, 2007 was my first Comic-Con that I came to. And I started my company, Her Universe, actually when David was at the Padres yeah. in 2010. So we've really, you know, this has kind of become our world. So it's, it's, it's an exciting time. Yeah, anyone who's not familiar, you may know the voice if you've watched Star Wars, uh, <laughs> Clone Wars, or Rebels, the animated series. Asuka Tano, that's the right way to pronounce it? Oh, no, it's, it's hard. It's, it's Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka Tano, thank you. That's okay, everyone mispronounces it. I mean, I'm a big <laughs> Star Wars guy, too, and I've been in full Darth Vader costume on this show this season. And even awesome. me, some of, some of the names, it's just like, I oh mean, yeah. guys, it's... <laughs> some slack on the pronunciations, <laughs> but uh, also her universe is what you're referencing. That's your your apparel line. It's more yes. than apparel too, but it's kind of. I'll let you describe it. Uh, you can do a better job than me. 
You know, I, it, the funny thing is, is it has some sports origins. I was inspired by Alyssa Milano, and Alyssa has her line called Touch, you know, which is sports uh, merchandise just for female fans. And when David was playing, I went in about eight seasons when I knew David, I went to close to a thousand baseball games. I love baseball. <laughs> and I wanted merchandise made for me to wear. And, you know, I was so happy when Alyssa Milano came out with her line. And um, when I became immersed in the Star Wars world, um, I wanted Star Wars merchandise made for me. And it was about 2009, I went shopping and I came up empty handed. There was nothing made for women. So um, I came to David and I said, look, you know, nobody's doing what Alyssa Milano is doing for sports. Nobody's doing that in the sci-fi world. And I said, I'd love to start my own company, and, you know, called Her Universe. And he was so supportive. He's <laughs> like, you know, I, I fully support you. I, I'm busy with baseball, so just kind of just go do your thing and, and find the right people that kind of know how to run a business, you know, to help us. And, um, and so that's what Her Universe is. It's a merchandise line made exclusively, exclusively for female sci-fi fans. Half of all sci-fi and fantasy fans are women. So half of the attendees here at Comic-Con are women. And the um, market that needs to be served. Needs yeah. To be <laughs> definitely, definitely. And she says exclusively for females, this is actually one of the shirts. So <laughs> there you go. I, yeah, I, I, I rep as well a little bit. <laughs> I, I make him a couple of T-shirts, you know, just for him. That's a great model. Um, <laughs> so, David, when you guys were discussing, I mean, as yeah. your playing career was coming Come to, to an, an end, end here and her universe was taking off, what was that like for you once you did hang up the cleats? Uh, I mean, is there any involvement? Or are you just a big cheerleader? Like, what's, uh, what do you do now? No, def definitely a little bit of involvement. I'm, I'm more on the high level when we have the big meetings, making the big decisions, you know, especially around the money and that aspect and acquiring new licenses. That's where I was at. And like you said, you know, I was my 10th year, you know, um, with baseball, had a decision to make. Do I continue playing or do – you know, I support my wife doing this career. I had zero surgeries coming out, and I was still being able to walk. And I always wanted to go out when people still wanted me. So I thought it was a perfect timing to transition to um, help my wife um, with this company. The funny thing is, is, you know, he was uh, a shortstop and a second baseman in his career, but in his post-playing <laughs> career, I call him my closer um, because uh, I go. usually bring him in uh, at the end for the big meetings, and he's closed quite a few deals for me, um, you know, because a lot of the executives are baseball fans, and, sure. uh, so he, he's my closer now. Do you bring in the World Series ring or the MVP trophy put on the <laughs> table and be like, you want to be in business yeah. with us? I, I, I have not done that yet, but it, it's funny that the, the crossover between these ex execs that truly love baseball and walking into the meeting and kind of knowing what how I played my career then looking at Ash going I know you're going to give 100% for us as well so it, it really trans transitions her to be able to um, you know get these deals done yeah, I mean, his reputation from when he played of always giving 100%, giving it his all, working hard, um, you know, honestly, just by association, they, I, I've been given opportunities because they say, well, if you're going to bring the same work ethic to your company that your husband did to baseball, you know, we'll give you a chance. So it's, it really has helped. <laughs> That's awesome. And you do uh, your fair share. And I want to show this photo from the other night. This is what got you your some national headlines this week. <laughs> the Lego dress. Uh, so oh, you rock yes. this thing. <laughs> It's ten, a dress made of 10,000 Legos, weighed 25 pounds, I was reading online. <laughs> Took, uh, I think, 80 man hours to construct. Uh, and it had your character, uh, Ahsoka Tano. Am I getting that yes. right yes. now? Yes, awesome. yeah, you got Fast it. Fast learner, <laughs> uh, emblazoned on, on the dress. 
where is that thing now? Like, what do you do with that after you wear that <laughs> the first time? You know, it's, it's in our closet currently really in the hotel. But um, we are looking for a place to, to have it, uh, you know, really be celebrated. I want to have it a, as an exhibit somewhere. Um, it's never been done before. Lego Couture Tour. has never walked a runway. So it was the first time, I, I guess you could say it's record-breaking. Um, but Nathan Sawaya, um, his website is artofthebrick.com. He's a world-renowned Lego artist. So his Lego sculptures travel the world. And I got to know him. And I was looking for something crazy to do for the fashion show. I mean, it's geek Couture. So you need something couture. You really got to stand out. It, yeah. yeah, it has to be inspired by something, you know, something geeky. And so a Lego dress. I mean, it doesn't get any more geek couture than that. And Nathan agreed to um, to make me my dress. Uh, but he said, you know, one problem, I'm not a fashion designer. I don't sew. So the winner of our fashion show from 2014, um, he actually sewed a dress. He made a Lego canvas. So there's there's it looks like a black sequence dress, but instead of sequins, it's made out of Lego. There's 5,000 <laughs> Lego as a base layer. And then he gave it to Nathan, and Nathan built the, the image of Ahsoka Tano on top of it. So that's why it's over 10,000 Lego bricks. So crazy. <laughs> and, I mean, good, good to you on just actually <laughs> yeah. pulling that off and wearing that thing. And, and it's, it's incredible. You. Um, you guys, last question for you. Are there any pop culture or geek things that you guys don't see eye to eye on? Like I was seeing an interview. Oh. You're a big Loki person. Do you not, are you not into that, or is there stuff you guys butt heads on? You know, there totally <laughs> is. Um, I have been trying to get <laughs> him to watch The Walking yeah, Dead and Game of Thrones with me for years. <laughs> years. And he won't get into David, it. come I on, man. Well, especially during baseball season, there are so many games, trying to follow all of those games and then having to recap in the morning with them to find time <laughs> to sit there and, and watch these series. It's just very difficult with my my habits of my love of baseball yeah <laughs> and so it, it's not really his thing but i will say he watched battlestar galactica with me from start, start to, to finish, finish. Nice. and so we powered through that so there's a couple things he gets into to i mean star, star wars, wars we got to go to marvel. a cast and crew screening of that marvel so there's some things he likes i would say more the action adventure sure. rather than horror and gore <laughs> <laughs> all right well now you know if you're looking to get uh, david a gift set or anything for his <laughs> birthday now you know what to stay away from and what to go to Thanks so much, Ash. We oh really do gosh. appreciate it. And uh, David, Bill, is, you're yeah, one definitely. of his like top three favorite players what of all time. So yeah. are you okay staying for one of his uh, to chat with Bill? Definitely. Awesome. Definitely. No cool. problem. So David's going to stick around. Bill will come back. Ashley, I mean, thanks so much. Mike, I mean, I'm sure your schedule is packed, and we really appreciate you taking some time. No worries. Thanks right, for having us. Our universe, again, <laughs> check it out. Some really great stuff. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, guys, you can join the Padres in helping to create a world without cancer by participating in Padres Pedal the Cause, an annual cycling fundraiser November 12th and 13th, starting and ending at Petco Park. Anyone can ride, even kids. The event is much more than just a ride. Check out more details and learn how you can get involved at gopedal.org. David Eckstein is sticking around. Bill Center will rejoin us. Stick around, too, why don't you? This is Padres Social Hour. Your home for everything Padres before every game all season long. More of Padres Social Hour continues right after this. Welcome back to Padres Social Hour here in the AMR studio on this Sunday morning. And sticking around with us, David Eckstein, whose wife Ashley, again, with her universe, has just been crushing Comic-Con. But Bill Center was like, I am not letting us have <laughs> right. David on the show without me getting <laughs> right. a couple of minutes with him. So, Bill, take it away, my friend. Because this is the perfect example of an argument that I have made here a number of times. Sabermetricians can tell you that everything in baseball can be broken down by numbers. 
Not a great bat career batting average, right? Not 280. Right. Not necessarily the greatest fielder. Mm. Eh, good fielder. <laughs> I, I, hold on. <laughs> right. like hold on, hold on. Let's go range. Okay. Range. <laughs> range. Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yes. Not the greatest range. But every team that David played on was better for him playing. And I, we saw it in 2009 and 2010. He made the Padres better. And whenever I think of sabermetrics and all the stats, the first person I think of is the person sitting to my left. Well, I appreciate that. And, yeah, I think I am the anti-sabermetrics guy. I, in that world, I think they hate me. It's kind of <laughs> funny. It's, I mean, it, it, it's pretty thing. Um, but, but at the end of the day, what, what, what they fail to realize is the fact that these players are human. They have actually a heartbeat, and, and when they care about the team, it actually helps the team. And that's one thing you can't break down. And, and they try to sit there and do their little math and everything like that. And don't get me wrong, there is a place for sabermetrics. Right. There's a different place in it. But the problem is it needs to be blended correctly. Mm -hmm. And as you see, you mean the one th th what I love about this game is that teams can acquire the best players in the league, and there's zero guarantee that they will win. And no, and it usually comes down to the team that has both. You know, I mean, they they hate this word too, chemistry, mm -hmm. and 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 how a player actually helps other players get better. My main goal when I when I stepped into a, a locker room was how can I make the guys around me better, and so and that and that's something that it doesn't measure. And I just wish, you know. Um, and another thing is like when I try to have conversations with these people, they don't want to have conversations with the baseball players. They don't. They don't mm -hmm. want to humanize them because then it then and because it actually goes against to what they believe. And if I think I think, you know, the clubs that do the best actually sit there and they they, they have their numbers, they have their the way they're going to go about it. But then they learn the players as individuals. When you learn players as individuals and what makes them tick, you actually can make them better. Adrian Gonzalez told me that when you like. In 2010, when there would be a situation where the pitching coach or, the, or Bud would be coming out and the infielders would get together, he told me that maybe the most important words uh, discussed on the mound were the words that you often said before the manager or the pitching coach got there. And he <laughs> said, it just struck a chord with everything, that David had the ability to settle us down, think about what we're going to do with the next play. And, and, and the one thing, you know, you always try to put the player in the best position to be successful. And that's what everything I, I tried to go about when I played. And when I was around those type of guys, you know, I was very fortunate to play with like a Garrett Anderson, uh, a Darren Erstead, and a um, Tim Salmon early in my career who really showed that way. Then went to St. Louis and I had Larry Walker, Scott Rowland, Albert Pujols, these guys. And it was in, in as much as you want to say, it was always about the team and they knew a way to calm the guys down. And I, and I sit there and I say this, yes, I was very fortunate to win championships in, in um, Anaheim and in St. Louis, but my funnest days we're actually playing here when I was actually kind of the mentor because I love passing that stuff on. I'll give you a perfect example. Um, Matt Latos. Mm. Matt Latos. I was just going to mention Matt on, a, on something. Go ahead. Okay. And, and, and so he wanted to be so well-liked. Everyone in the clubhouse hated him. 
You know what I mean? Because he was like that little kid, that annoying kid and everything <laughs> like this. <laughs> right, and, and, and so, but the one thing he did was when he stepped on the mound, he competed. He, he didn't care about being cool on the mound. And it was one of the things that Matt Stairs and I really noticed. So we actually sat there and had to listen to Matt to felt like, so that he felt like he belonged. And then so we would get his best when he stepped on that mound. And it was funny because when he went to sign to St. Louis, um, Cincinnati, I called up Walt Jockety. And I told him that you need to find one of your veteran guys to kind of take him under his wing so he feels like he's there and you'll get a better player. The leadership on the 2010 team with you and Matt Stairs yes. was as good as I've ever seen in the clubhouse anywhere. I mean, you guys ran it. Uh, Adrian told me one time that there were runners on first and second. Matt was struggling and the pitching coach was coming out. And, and you hit up Matt in the butt and just said, we're getting, you're getting a ground yeah. ball, we're getting a double play, we're going to be out of here. Yeah. And you got it. Right. I mean, and, and, and I am the biggest on positive thinking. You know what I mean? You sit there and you're like, okay, this is how we're going to do it. It's that simple, one pitch away, here we go. And, that, and that's the stuff that um, those sabermetrics have no clue what's right. going on. And, and when you sit there and, and, and see championship caliber clubs, and you'll hear these stories on yeah. all those clubs. There is no fan graphs uh, stat for listening to Matt Latos uh, in the clubhouse before he goes down <laughs> the field. All right, Dave, we're going to let you go because I think Captain Marvel wants to get back to headquarters. <laughs> yeah. But um, we're going to talk about this ourselves in a bit. But this Chris Sale situation yesterday, uh -huh. I would be very curious. If you were on that team and you guys come into the clubhouse today and Chris <laughs> walks back in, what's the first thing you're going over to say to him? Um, it's kind of funny because, you know, when you wear these throwback uniforms, they are they – are confiding you know what i mean they're heavier material and everything like that that'd be interesting what, right. what, what and the decals are usually in different places. different places yep. and everything like that it, it'd be interesting because i will tell you right now i would say half the guys are going to be cheering him for what he did <laughs> another half don't really care you know um don't get me wrong like now i've stopped playing i love i have all those jerseys in my at my house you know, but sometimes they are they are constricting because what what technology has done, it's made the uniform so much lighter, so much freer that you actually don't feel like you have it on. And when you throw these throwback jersey on, it does change everything you feel. And I'm one of the worst like of creature of habit and like to the point where I wore the same exact jersey, the same exact pants to this type of thing. And when you throw that off, especially from for some of the most routineish players. You never know what could happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're wearing a 10,000 Lego dress. Uh, exactly. Out there. Yeah. By the way, when I said I, I was talking about range, I wasn't because anything you got to <laughs> was an <laughs> out. Yeah. Right. But later in your career, the range at second was, was uh, diminishing I, a little like, bit. And, and I, had I had to learn bat swings. And I, had, like, I wanted to be in the exact position, but you are 100% right. right. And that's why I was like, hey, it's time for me to leave this game. <laughs> and, and, and Sometimes the game tells you. I right? remember yes. in 2010, you did an awful lot of fudging. Yes. Oh, yes. my gosh. Oh, you, my gosh. You were the human shift before there were shifts. I, 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 I truly had to learn the guys um, to know where they're get, um, whether actually their swings, if our pitcher hit that spot where that ball is going to go. And, and working with Bosley and Hoffman, you know, putting us in the right position, it was really crucial to me to be able to still play the game at, and later in my career.
It's awesome. Well, David, thank you so much for swinging by. We appreciate it. Ashley as well. What a couple. I know. We really spruced up our Sunday morning. I was so happy to see <laughs> when, that he was going to be here. Yeah, and then you almost that made him hate you with that defense. Oh, no, 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 David, next time, thank you very much. <laughs> hey, guys, make sure that you're here at Petco Park yourself on Friday, July 29th for Party in the Park presented by Southwest Airlines for your chance to win a trip for two to Las Vegas with airfare from Southwest and amenities provided by Las Vegas. It's a Vegas-themed happy hour before the Padres take on the Reds at 740. Get your tickets at Padres.com slash party. We're going to talk more Chris Sale. We're going to talk some Hall of Fame, Griffey and Piazza. Plus, today's lineup will break that down for you. So don't go far. This is Padres Social Hour. From analysis of what's happening on the field with your Padres to insights on everything MLB, we've got it right here. This is Padres Social Hour. And this is the AMR studio. Thanks for joining us on this Sunday morning. Ben and Bill are both back as Petco Park uh, in its sun-drenched glory is empty. The Padres getting ready for that rubber game out in D.C. What a couple, huh? The x signs. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, the Mr. retires from baseball. The Mrs. now has her, her mogul empire she's establishing, and he's there along for the ride, comes in to close the deals. They're just doing Comic-Con. That's great. You know, it's great to me that uh, it's, it's for a ball player who's used to the spotlight, to take the secondary role and help his wife and something like that. That's a, that shows me a lot about the guy. I love David Eckstein. I mean, oh. just getting, as you said, the most out of the talent. He doesn't look like a ball player, obviously. No. He's Terrible small. defender. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, his problem here in, in 2000, his, his range really shrunk yeah, yeah. as but he got which older. Which happens with age. Right. Yeah. Right. 2006 World Series MVP, right. two, two World Series championships, Bill, you were absolutely right. He made the teams he played on better in an unquantifiable way, really. Right. And and I'm as big of a believer in sabermetrics as anyone. I think they're absolutely critical to putting together a good team nowadays. But it does go beyond that. You can have a, a great cast of individuals, and if they don't have that guy like David Eckstein to help bring it together – He's right. They're not going to win a World yeah. Series. And that's so. something you can't put a stat on, as we've, we've talked about uh, you know, numerous times. A couple tweets coming in from that segment. Kyle Williams, uh, what a great interview with David Eckstein on Padres SH. Well, thank you, Kyle, very much. And then uh, Sean Lightfoot following that up with uh, David Eckstein with Mike and Bill was pure gold, one of the top segments of all time on Padres Social Hour. Whoa. Wow. Wow. Hey. Well, thank you, Sean. That's a, that's a nice little pat yeah. on the back for us here on this Sunday morning. Uh, it's only downhill from here. We are you. <laughs> All right, guys, time to put you now in the Cholula hot seat. And we referenced this with David here, that story, and we talked about it at the top very briefly. Chris Sale yesterday. Uh, if you don't know this story, I mean, how could you not? It was the story of baseball yesterday and one of the greatest, just weirdest stories of all time. So, again, he it's now coming out. The White Sox were supposed to wear these throwback uniforms right. yesterday. Chris Sale was supposed to pitch. And Sale's a big, tall, gangly guy, a unique wind-up. He didn't like the way the jerseys fit on him on the day he was pitching. They said, you're not going to change them, so he cut them all up with the knife so that the players couldn't wear them. He was sent home, and, uh, and now everyone is just taking all their Edward Scissorhands jokes and all their, uh, you know, it's his cutter, not his change-up jokes, that kind of stuff. I mean, where does this rank for you in terms of the, the all-time weird baseball story scales? Oh, well, yeah, it's, it's one of the weirdest I've ever heard. But like David said, I, I have talked to players on throwback jersey days, and just because, like, the way that the, they're used to wearing the jersey, like last year when they wore the old uh, the PCL jerseys and, uh, and the, the numbers, the letters and the numbers were all different in different places. 
and you're used to wearing a certain uniform, and it does change how you move and everything else. I don't like what he, I, what he did. Right, it doesn't excuse the right, action, right? Right, but at the same time, I understand how players who are used to wearing something, which is not exactly like a T-shirt to pull over, and they throw something different. It does affect everything that you – it does affect the body. I you sympathize at all, Ben? I, you know, you should never act like a six-year-old who doesn't get his cookie. Bingo. It, especially <laughs> when you're getting paid millions of dollars by a team Double bingo. to represent the organization. But I will say this. He misbehaved for maybe the right reasons, at least, and that is – his competitive desire to win. And as David Eckstein said, and I, I think David's absolutely right, half the guys in the clubhouse probably will applaud him for it, and the other half won't care. So he's not going to lose any respect in his own clubhouse, I think. He'll for probably gain some. He might, actually, at least among players. In a way, yeah. You know, he may be viewed by management now as a malcontent and a problem, and someone, oh, now we got to tiptoe around this guy, which he probably already did. I mean, well, this they, is, were, they were going to trade him anyway. This wasn't, so. the fir- this wasn't the first time, you know. This yeah, is I'm just sure this does not help his case for staying right. Uh, right. in but, Chicago. Uh, but he does, you know, you can always respect someone who does something because they really want to win. And I think fans can respect that as well. Still, he, he yeah. acted like a six-year-old. Yeah. Come on. And especially to be that guy, it's not the number five starter. He's their ace, one of the best pitchers in baseball. Uh, so I guess the social hour consensus is you approve of the intent, but not of the action. Right. All right, fair It'd enough. It'd be very so interesting to see team. what the White Sox do now. Yeah, well, they already I mean, had such a high price tag for him. I don't think well, this they, changes they sent, anything. They sent him home. Now do they suspend him for a couple of days? Oh, you mean disciplinary-wise. Right. It will be interesting to see. He's so talented, though. I, I think they can still get whatever they want Yeah, I don't think him. this affects yeah. the trade well, market for him at all. Well, I think that he's definitely being traded now. Yeah. Between <laughs> yeah. that, the Drake LaRoe situation in spring right. training. What a year for the White Sox, man. Jeez. Um, also today, to shift gears now while we keep you guys in the hot seat, up in Cooperstown, Pretty busy day today. Ken Griffey Jr. and Mike Piazza both getting inducted. Um, what a one-two punch. Uh, you know, it reminds me of when Tony and Cal got in the same year. You think of just two guys that are going in, just the two of them, that really were standard bearers for a generation and for their positions. Um, favor- I think some of our answers will be the same here because their iconic moments were both pretty well-beloved. Favorite Ken Griffey Jr. and or Mike Piazza moment from their careers? You know what? My f- – I mean – Ken Griffey Jr., second most home runs ever by a player in center field, uh, playing center field at the time. I always loved the way he chased balls into the gaps. I mean, to me, his defense, and I know everybody's saying, God, he was such a great hitter. I always thought that he had some of the greatest reads and routes to balls that I've ever seen. I, For me, Griffey going back-to-back with his dad. I thought it was just one of the greatest things in baseball ever. Home runs back to back with your father in the same lineup late in his career, early in his career. Absolutely right. Right. Um, For Piazza, though, uh, you know the home run right after nine nine eleven sticks out in everyone's mind. But what I remember is the year he spent here in San Diego, and you talked to you know David Eckstein what he did for that 2010 team. I think Mike Piazza did a lot for that team, the last Padres team to make the playoffs. He had 23 homers, you know, he had like a 270 average that year. Uh, he caught, I think, like about 115, 120 right. games. A lot more the games Padres. than they thought he would. Yeah, absolutely. He did a lot for that team, and I don't think he gets quite uh, remembered as much during that season, but he was very important for that last Padres playoff team. Got his 2,000th hit here. We're watching uh, that post-9-11 home run. Uh, for me, my favorite, not just Piazza, but my favorite sports moment of all time, personally, uh, having grown up, I mean, we were sent home from school on September 11th, 
and early, and the school buses from them, we could see the plumes of smoke. You know, we were right there growing up right across the river. And uh, so for all that that meant to my community and being a Mets fan at that age as a kid, I was, you know, 15, 16, and we didn't know how to react. We didn't know how to feel, how to get back to normal. And I remember watching that game against the then-hated Atlanta Braves sitting on the floor of my living room. And I'm pretty sure I blacked out when he hit that home run because next thing I remember, I'm running around the living room, you know, hugging my dad. And it just it made us feel normal again. And it brought baseball back to being fun again. And uh, with everything that just happened then, for me personally, uh, that always stands out. Uh, for Griffey, I mean, that... The wild card dash home to score against the Yankees in 95. I think everyone kind of has that as their big uh, Griffey moment. For me, I was 10 at the time. I was like, man, this guy's the coolest guy, and he's laughing and he's smiling in the dog pile. I mean, just two players who really encapsulated an era of baseball. I will say this, though. I'm not, I love. I'm not 100% convinced Mike Piazza was a Hall of Famer. He got in. He was certainly the, maybe the greatest hitting catcher of all time. I don't believe necessarily that being the best hitter at your position is – a great accomplishment you know There's Jeff only eight positions that hit that well, eight and a half I, well Jeff Kent you know at second base was a great hitting second baseman but he wasn't a great fielding second baseman so why do you give a guy extra credit for being a great hitter at a position if they're not also a great fielder at right. that position he was not the greatest fielder he wasn't a great right. fielding catcher right. you know he put up great numbers absolutely at the plate uh, but a catcher also though you are hurting your offense by having to you know do the Squatting behind the plate and putting on the, the catcher's gear every was inning. Was he Johnny Bench? He no, don't. no, he wasn't. So uh, I ultimately, I do think he's a Hall of Famer. But yeah. I, the you know, just the automatically saying, oh, he was a great hitting shortstop. So, but if he doesn't field the position well, does it matter where he's playing? You know, when Hot I take fil- when I filled out my ballot each year, I, I, it, Piazza was always yes, no. I was depending on how the ballot wound up each year. Well, he's in now. I voted uh, yeah, for him. I, I voted for him last year. Uh, we got to hit the break. So one word answer. Griffey got 99.3% of the vote. Will we ever see a unanimous Hall of Famer? Bill? No. Ben? Uh, not unless they change the rules now. All right. So two no's. If it's not Griffey, who's it going to be? Uh, uncapped real flavor with Cholula hot sauce, the hot sauce with the iconic wooden cap, and the official hot sauce of the San Diego Padres. We'll have today's starting lineup for the Padres for you when we come back right after this. You're watching Padres Social Hour. We're talking Padres all season long. This is Padres Social Hour, coming to you from the AMR studio inside the team store. All right, well, here you go. The White Sox just announcing they've suspended Chris Sale for five games for, quote, violating team rules, for insubordination, and for destroying team equipment, according to their press release. So he may not even be back. They may trade him during the suspension. Right. Was there really a team rule gone. that said you're not allowed to cut up all the uniforms? I think one, of the, the one of the unwritten rules, right? <laughs> one of the unwritten rules of baseball. Insubordination. <laughs> is, I, I like that word. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, all right, let's get to today's lineup now presented by United Airlines. Proud partner of the San Diego Padres. Travis Jankowski leading off in center field. Will Myers back in the lineup at first with Matt Kemp in right field. Then Young Hervis Alarte at third base batting cleanup. Alex Dickerson in left. Ryan Schimpf at second. Alexei Ramirez playing short with Derek Norris catching and Christian Friedrich pitching. You may note there's no Melvin Upton Jr. there. Andy Green saying that's just to give him a day off with all the stuff swirling around him these few days. No deal has yet been done. Takes us now to our Supercuts head-to-head challenge. And uh, yesterday it was Young Harris Alarte went one for four with a run scored. Matt Kemp went two for four with two doubles but no runs. So I was kind of on the fence about who to give it to. I think we're going with Kemp which means the couch gets the point because he had that nice play in right field as well. So the couch gets the point, which now takes uh, Blooper's lead down to only 16, 52 to 36. Uh, ben, you're now on the clock. You have a chance to go back above 500. You're 5-5 five and five against Blooper this year individually. But 
You're going to have to wait because Cooper right. gets the first pick. I'm going to go with uh, Derek Norris. Really? I don't Ooh, know why. Whoa. I have a Derek Norris we haven't feeling. Seen, uh, yeah, Norris I know. hasn't been I know. He's, he's in such a horrible slump. He's gone on down I the I know. He's, I order. think that's going to fire him up. Oh, I, have you a do. I have a Derek Norris right. feeling. Okay. Wow. You've no actually made my job tougher, Blooper, because there's only two red hot Padres right now, Kemp and Schimpf. And I was yeah, just going to take the one, one them, you yeah. didn't take, but now I have to decide between the two. I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Ryan Schimpf. All right, there you go. Uh, Norris, by the way, has not been picked in this game since June 13th. It's been more than a month. I have all that stuff. Oh yeah, I have a Derek Norris feeling. This is a supercut saber metrics right here on the computer. All right, so it's Bloopers feeling against Ben going with all the numbers and Schimpf. So Schimpf versus Norris. We'll see who emerges victorious tomorrow. At Supercuts, they pay attention to every detail. The cut, the lines, the hot towel finish, so you can feel sharp, clean, and ready to go. Find a Supercuts near you at Supercuts.com. We're back to wrap up this Sunday morning edition of Padre Social Hour. Don't go anywhere. Get ready for every Padres game with us. Coming to you from inside the team store at Petco Park, this is Padres Social Hour. So Blooper and I went uh, exploring around Comic-Con uh, a couple days ago, and big Ghostbusters fan that he is, he ran into the actual Ghostbusters car and took a picture, tweeted it out, says, I am afraid of no ghost. And it got me thinking, if you could own any one uh, pop culture car in real life. Pop culture is a yeah, great word. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what would you pick? Ben. Go ahead. I probably watched Back to the Future 50 times. DeLorean. I, wa I want a DeLorean. Yeah. How about you, Bill? <laughs> I want a Ford GT40. From Le Mans? Yeah. But, I mean, that is a real car, and that's what <laughs> I want. <laughs> the DeLorean's real, too. Right. Looper, is the Ghostbuster Mobile your pick? Or? It's between that and the DeLorean, but I want to go back in time. I picked the DeLorean. <laughs> All right, fair. Yeah. I think you guys know that the DeLorean doesn't actually come with those capabilities. The flying version. Yeah. Yeah. I want right. the flying I want the flying version. I want to go back. Right. And I can do what I want. All right. Good luck. Bad uh, car, man. Batmobile. How have none of you picked the Batmobile? I, that's thought, my pick. Uh, honorable mention, Kit from Knight Rider. Hello, Michael. It's already got my name pre-programmed in. It'll be perfect. Uh, generally, I'll pass on, but Bubba Watson, the golfer, actually bought one. He has one, the real one, yeah. Hey, tomorrow at 3 o'clock, Randy Jones and Bill Center's back right. again. That'll be a fun Monday show, so join us tomorrow afternoon. Ben, thanks. Blooper, thanks. Maddie, waking up early. Appreciate it. Thanks, Bill, Mike. See you tomorrow. Thank you, Blooper. And thanks to the x Dines as well, uh, Ashley and David. They were great. Padres and Nationals, rubber game of the series and the season coming up. Thanks for watching Social Hour. See ya.